the best of the week on Relevant Radio. Okay, let's open up our Faith Explained Q&A mailbag. Once again, you can email me your question. The address is faith, F-A-I-T-H, at relevantradio.com. And this question comes to me from Diana in San Diego, who uses the Relevant Radio app and occasionally listens to Relevant Radio on 1000 AM in the car. And she has a specific question. She says, I was wondering about a following passage. Matthew 27, verses 52 through 54. Would you be able to provide me with an explanation on what happened here? What's up with these bodies of the saints entering the holy city, appearing to many? Perhaps scholars or others have provided their thoughts on these verses. Thank you in advance for answering my question. Okay, so there, there are a couple of explanations for these verses here in Matthew 27. I just want to read these to you. And by the way, this is right after the death of Jesus. He gives up his spirit, cries out in a loud voice. And in Matthew 27, 51, it talks about the curtain of the temple being torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shaking, the rocks were split. In other words, there's a big earthquake here. And th- these are the verses in question, Matthew 27, 52 through 54. It says the tombs also were opened and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised and coming out of the tombs after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. All right. So uh, that's verses 52 and 53 of Matthew 27. So there's a a couple of views here. There, There are some scholars here who think that this is not actually historical. And there are others who say, no, this is perfectly in keeping with possible historical uh, reminiscences here of the, of the gospel writer. Now, you might say, well, why would they think it's not historical if it's in Matthew's text? Well, some people think that these verses were added later by a scribe at some point, that they didn't actually belong to the original version of the gospel of Matthew. Why do they think that? Well, a couple of different reasons here. In Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 12, it says, I am going to open your graves and bring you up from your graves, O my people. Daniel 12, 2, many of those who sleep in the dust of the earth shall awake, some to everlasting life and some to shame and everlasting contempt. Now, usually these are seen as portending the future resurrection of all people. And some early preachers of the gospel even speculate on who these people might have been. These old covenant saints who were raised from the dead started hanging around Jerusalem after Easter. Some people said, well, Adam was there. Uh, Job, Moses, uh, Simeon from Luke chapter 2, the old man who uh, saw Jesus as a baby in the temple back from the dead. Well, without any kind of pictures, how would you even know it's Adam? Oh, yeah, man, that looks exactly like Adam. I saw him on Facebook a couple weeks ago. Also, there's a big problem with this too. Jesus is the first fruits of those who have died. In 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 20, St. Paul says that he is the first person to be resurrected from the dead. Now you say, well, what about all the people Jesus raised from death? Well, they were merely resuscitated. That could have been what happened to these guys. They, they could have been resuscitated and then died again, but highly unlikely. Some think, well, they may, maybe were assumed into heaven, body and soul. That's also possible. That is also possible for sure. There's also a bit of a chronological problem with this as well, because these guys are back from the dead, according to Matthew chapter 27, verse 52. Many of the bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep or died were raised But they didn't come out of the tombs, it says in the next verse, until after the resurrection of Jesus. So what were they doing for a couple of days? 
just kind of biding their time, ordering Uber Eats, you know, just chilling out, maybe watching some Netflix. And then, okay, now it's time to come out. We can't come out until Jesus is risen from the dead. Well, this is why some people don't think this is historical and maybe not part of the original uh, version of the Gospel of Matthew. But that need not be the case. This could still be very, very historical. And there are a few reasons why that might be as well. Number one, it's in the text. And what we're concerned about here, of course, is the final form of the text. Now, some doubt these saints coming alive again because of the apocalyptic nature, earthquake, tombs being split open. But there are lots of phenomena that uh, happen when Jesus dies as well. There's darkness, there's an earthquake. Jesus, of course, did rise physically from the dead. We don't think that is unhistorical. It really happened in history. So why should we doubt this? Why would Matthew be legit historical about the resurrection of Jesus, but not about these guys. Also, there are many scholars who do think that this is historical. Some say that, that really there's a great theological point to be made here, that those who lived before the time of Jesus, they depend just as much on Jesus' triumph over sin, death, the devil, the grave. They depend just as much on his victory as those who come after him. Very important thought there. There's also really no break in the historical narrative here. It's not very obvious Matthew's taking a, a different genre here. And again, th this would indicate to all peoples that God himself approves of Jesus, that he not only is Jesus risen from the dead as a proof uh, of his person, his message, uh, the validity of it. It's the divine seal of approval, divine good housekeeping seal of approval, as it were, but also, it reminds us that when Jesus died on behalf of others, he could have run away at the Garden of Gethsemane. He didn't. He, he knew that he had to go to the cross. He didn't save himself, but he did save others, including all the saints of the Old Covenant time, through his death. And if this raising of saints of the Old Covenant time is a sneak preview of the resurrection of all of humanity at the end of time, it has to be real. It has to be just as genuine as the raising of Jesus, the resurrection of Jesus. So I don't think we can discount this passage as being real history, in short. Uh, but I understand the arguments from the other side. Anyways, I hope that that somehow clears it up. It's a very enigmatic passage, but I really appreciate the write-in. And if you have a question for me, you can also send your question to me. The address is faith, F-A-I-T-H, at relevantradio.com. Or you can also try me on the X app. My handle there is at Kale Clark, C-A-L-E Clark with an E. I'll be back later today at 5 p.m. Central for the Kale Clark Show, only on Relevant Radio. And God bless you. Peace. This entire episode of The Faith Explained is on the Relevant Radio app. The Relevant Radio app is completely free and updated daily with fresh articles, podcasts, and prayers. Don't delay. Download the app today, and thanks for listening.